I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Facebook, at Lisa Evers, also Instagram and Google+. And what we're focusing on in this episode is what everyone is acknowledging is a police community crisis. We're also going to talk about our Push for Peace. This is our sixth annual Push for Peace live town hall show and community event that's happening Saturday, July 30th. That's next Saturday from 1 to 5 p.m. And it's at Brooklyn Borough Hall, 209 Haraleman Street. That's right in downtown Brooklyn. And if you go to my Twitter, Facebook page, uh, lisaevers.com, you can get more information about it right there. And what we're focusing on is last week, President Obama put out an open letter to law enforcement. This comes after several weeks of tragedies, one right after another. In Louisiana, in Baton Rouge, Alton Sterling, we saw in Minnesota, uh, Philando Castile, the tragedies of the Dallas police officers who were protecting the protesters who were protesting against them gunned down. Then we saw the tragedy in Baton Rouge. And now a lot of people are wondering, what can we really do? Are we at a breaking point? Are things going to continue to get worse? Or is this the, the moment where everybody comes together and we start talking about solutions? So that's what we're trying to do right now is focus on the solutions that are uh, happening. So let me introduce our panel to you right now. Joining us, Wayne Devinish. He's the president and founder of 500 Men Making a Difference. And Wayne's organization is very, very important in our community. They do a lot of great work. He's been a supporter of our Push for Peace. And he has also um, really helped out a lot in silent ways and quiet ways in the community, like with a homeless family, getting them all set up and uh, whatever we need, we call Wayne. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Lisa. Pleasure to be here. We really appreciate it. Also with us is David Kianese. He's a former NYPD detective, founder and president of LESMA, that is law enforcement supporters for media accountability. He is also the keynote speaker at the upcoming UN Peace Summit. David, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me again. We we really appreciate it. Also joining us, Corey Pagase. He's a former NYPD deputy inspector, and he's author of the new book. Let's show him the new book here on on the Facebook. The new book is called uh, Once a Cop. And of course, you can hit us up with your comments on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And also, we just saw last weekend the second anniversary of the death of Eric Garner. So there's a lot of focus, a lot of issues, and a lot of focus on police and the community right now. Uh, David, I want to start with you on this. When you see these tragedies unfolding, like we saw in Dallas, like Baton Rouge, and there have been some other incidents too, not at the same scale, thank God, but also attacks on police officers, what do you think as a law enforcement member? Obviously, I worry about my brothers and sisters out there. Um, You know, I understand there's a lot of unrest, um, and they are getting tied into this. I think a lot of people, however, are putting their attention in the wrong spot. Um, you know, you got you to gotta work with the police in the neighborhood. You really, you hear these, these protests going on, we want to disband police. Really? N- last thing you want to do. There are problems everywhere. Yeah, we got to work on things. I got that. Um, but overall, they're great guys. They're great women. They're doing their job. They're making a living. That's all they're out there to do. That being said, I think we need to focus more attention, being that communities seem to be getting in an uproar over certain factors such as um, cigarette sell, sales uh, leading to violent interactions through the people resisting. Or well, you're, you're talking CDs. about you're talking about the Eric Garner case. Well, right. Yes, I am. Um, Which was a misdemeanor. It, well, no, it wasn't actually. If you look up the law, it, multiple offenses falls under a felony under the New York State tax law. 
That being said, though, either way, he's pushed by the department. I'm not saying I agree with the law by any way, shape, or form. All right, form, let's talk about the Garner case. Let me let me get Corey Pagase in here. Corey, when you see everything that's unhappening right now, and what's going on in the community, the vibe, you know, the feelings that people have, what's your sense of of where we are? Are we at a crisis, like many people say? Are we divided, or are we not as divided as President Obama says? Well, I think this is a very critical point for policing in America right now, all around the country. Um, you know, it's pretty sad when seven cops, five cops could get murdered in uniform protecting a protest. And then or seven shot down in Louisiana, Baton Rouge the other day um, by these two. Well, you know, these are two military persons that were unhinged that shot them. So what's happening around America, pretty much, I don't think, I think me and David agree that policing hasn't, like, really changed. What changed is now things are on video. So video is here now. So it's actually showing. And police departments are coming out. We're looking at videos of people dying, unarmed black men dying, but the police department is coming out with a narrative that's not even equaling what we saw on on video and they're trying to bamboozle people and people are getting pretty upset and you look around the country and all of these people unarmed people are, are being murdered and nobody's being held accountable i like the um the baltimore the freddie gray case at least like all of these guys are being acquitted but at least they actually got indicted and they went to you know we're a country but of they laws. were also indicted without evidence and but, she but withheld dave, evidence as a prosecutor you know which is huge but problem. at least dave for the black african-american community it, there was some form of justice. There was somebody I can that was, at least I saw, was the ju- saw the justice. Wayne Devonish, you're out in the community. You get calls from people all the time for help and to to try and calm things down and talk with people. What's your sense of of where we are? Are we better off today? Are we worse off? Because we've heard Mayor De Blasio. We had Police Commissioner Bratton on Hot 97 BLS and WLIB talking about since the death of Eric Garner two years ago. There have been numerous re- reforms in the NYPD. They've had training. They've had implicit bias training and how to deal with people from different racial or ethnic groups. They've had de-escalation training in terms of how to talk somebody down as opposed to, you know, taking them down like we saw with the James Blake case mm-hmm. last summer, the the uh, last fall, the uh, tennis player. What's your sense of, of where we are right now? Uh, yeah, I definitely think it's, it's getting better. Um, I, speaking just in my community, the interactions that I have with my um, precinct, the 79th, is, has just improved exponentially. Um, it used to be, you know, you try to meet with the commanding officer, you try to meet with several officers, and, you know, you get the brush off. Now they're reaching out to me. They put me in a citizen's um, academy. They're um, giving us officers that we're supposed to know that are right within the community. I mean, it's still kind of, we're still dealing with maybe the higher level of officer that you probably won't even meet you know, when you get the traffic stop. But the interaction is improving, and it seems like they're trying to work towards where there's a community policing and community co- cooperation. So that's a real thing, because they've been talking about the community policing. So you're saying that now you have somebody that if there is, like, a situation brewing or there's a you know a group, there's some kind of problem that's ongoing but hasn't escalated to a full-out crisis, you all as community leaders have somebody you can speak to. Yeah, definitely, and, they, and they're reaching out to us, whereas that wasn't the case, I'd say, just three years ago. All right. What about the community policing, David? This is like this is not a new concept, but it seems like there's a new emphasis on it. Well, it's a new importance and it is important. It's always been important. Um, You know, I I think it's a good thing. It's where it should always be. 
um, you know, we need cops in the community. People have to know who they're talking to. And, and the cops need to know who they're dealing with. You, they have to know who to turn to for help. They also have to know who the troublemakers are. You know, a, a lot can be said about um, a, a cop really knowing the grassroots neighborhood, you know, uh, being able to do his job properly. And that's when you see things when officers sometimes react and you say, well, why did he react that way? Sometimes it's because he knows who he's dealing with. You see a guy who's acting crazy. He knows maybe he has issues. Maybe he's a al- known alcoholic. He's going to talk to the guy, put his arm around him, try to comfort him, as opposed to somebody you know who's always a fighter, always a runner, always... You know, you're going to handle it differently. And, and I think that's an important important approach for the job. All right, step forward. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, on Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And what we're talking about is the, the police community crisis. And also remember, our push for peace, Saturday, July 30th. That's next Saturday. You can hit hit up my executive producer, Tone Capone, if you want to get involved uh, with a community organization, if you want to speak there, if you want to attend, if you represent celebrities, artists, athletes, entertainers, hit up Tone, that's T-O-N-E, at LisaEvers.com. And when we come back, I'm going to ask our guests what it's like being a police officer right now. What are they hearing from their members and from their friends who are wearing the uniform, whether they're black or white? That's coming up next. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. And we are streaming live on Hot97.com around the United States so you can spread the word. Text your family and friends right now. Very important issue that we're focusing on, the police community crisis. And don't forget, if you're just joining us, next Saturday, July 30th, 1 to 5 p.m. at Brooklyn Borough Hall, our sixth annual Push for Peace live town hall show and event. It's free, free, free. A great thing to come and bring uh, the kids you're mentoring. If you're a mentor, a parent, guardian, uncle, aunt, big sister, big brother, this is a great positive event. We got DJ Magic uh, doing the music for us. We got Michael Medium there. We're going to be recording it live for Hot 97 and also for Fox 5. So make sure you uh, you join us on Saturday. You can hit up Tone at LisaEvers.com and uh, look at my Twitter page at Lisa Evers for more information. Uh, joining us for this important discussion, Wayne Devinish. He's the president and founder of 500 Men Making a Difference. Also with us is David Kianese. He's a former NYPD detective and founder of LESMA. That is the Law Enforcement Supporters for Media Accountability. And he's also going to be the keynote speaker at the upcoming UN Peace Summit. Also with us is Corey Pagase. He's a former NYPD deputy inspector and author of Once a Cop. Corey, what are you hearing from the, the, the men and women that are wearing the uniform now here in the city? They're afraid. I, you know, I have family members that's cops in the NYPD. Actually, my daughter's a cop and my nephew. Um, and they were afraid. You know, there was last night, just last night, there was a belief that two cops got shot at because they were standing in front of the 6-0 precinct and some 6-6 precinct, I believe, and shots were fired. And my nephew was on, a, you know, immediately texting me saying two cops just got shot in the 6-6. But it was, it, you know, it was a false alarm. So, like, anything's happening. Like, they're on edge. And that's a little scary because now... When there's a situation that might not have to go too far, cops are on edge, and, and they might take it a little too far. I'm a, I'm a little nervous with this climate that for we you, have for right your daughter, here. for your of nephew, Of course. Right? I'm, I, well, not just them. I bleed blue. I, I still bleed blue. I just hate bad cops. But um, 
for the good cops that's out there, and I don't want no cop dead, the bad ones or the good ones, but um, I'm afraid for them. They have to really be on point right now because it's critical. You can't keep killing unarmed black men and don't think there's some unhinged black person that's going to do what happened in Dallas. So we got to fix this. And it, it's not, I don't believe it's training. I def, I'm not an advocate for training. I don't think it's community meetings. What I think needs to be done is these police municipalities need to start disciplining these guys. Like the Garner case, Pantaleo, look at the record. He's getting sued for $64 million. He got 15 complaints. Well, what were you doing then? We wait till it's Eric Garner, then everybody's up and, oh, he killed an unarmed black man. But what was you doing prior to, in Louisiana, two cops murdered um, Sterling. One cop got three years. Is one guy got Sterling four. was going it's for a, a gun in his pocket. What, so would you rather a dead cop? I mean, let's be what, honest for what it is. I'll but give we you have a, a breakdown on a, the image. I have a difference of opinion on him reaching okay, for let the fire. Well, give no, his. I mean, listen. I hear what you're saying. You have a difference of opinion. But the problem is, is the gun was recovered, so there is no difference of opinion. But it was in his pocket. That's fine. You've never shot from your pocket. Tactical training, he never, basic NYPD. Did Dave, you go through it as a deputy inspector? You know we went through the training. Well, you must not have because you don't know how to shoot. He never. If you saw the video, with my with my. 38 revolver but he in my jacket went. pocket. The video clearly shows that the guy never went into Actually, the pocket. Actually, if you watch the second video where it's filmed from behind, uh -huh. you see the, the, the first officer, let's call him the taser officer, right. deploys the taser and jumped on him. We'll okay. call the second officer shooting officer, right. just for the sake of the argument. You see Sterling on the ground. You see taser officer on top of him. You see Sterling. With his pitch, left Hold on. With his left he pitches arm. on his left hip, uh -huh. pushes up on his left elbow with his right hand with one arm throws that officer off of him and goes for the pocket. You hear that officer jump back on him and say, he's going for the pocket, he's going for the pocket. As the first officer, uh, second officer, shooting officer is falling back, he discharges rounds at him. Guns recovered from that pocket. I would say it's too soon for anybody to be saying anything about that case till it's done. But I will tell you this, A, you're right in, in regard to Gardner. The guy had a record. I don't know if he should have been fired, terminated or what. But in a plainclothes crime unit in the community like that, absolutely not. Maybe a summons auto, riding around right. in a scooter, giving parking uh -huh. tickets. I agree 100%. So, I do agree on bad cops. I think that call is way too soon to be ta to, to have taken place. Because I know I can shoot from my pocket. Right. I, I did I did undercover okay, work so and I carried let me, a gun Let me in just jump in. So if we're talking tactics, let's talk tactics. Because we all been through training. Of course. And there's no training that tells you get a call with a man with a gun. Right. There's a call with a man with a gun. I don't know. No trainer tells you to go jump and tackle the guy. I, you you take concealment, cover, give clear and concise orders. That, that I Put your gun with. down, get on the ground, crawl to me. So off the top, the tactics that they use in Louisiana. Horrible, off, but not was, so, no, so we horrible. got no, you brought yes, up tactics, horrible. so we got to So say, you're saying in Louisiana with the Alton up. Sterling case that the tactics were from wrong the top. and different yeah. from what the NYPD teaches you all. No, no, just every general police department, Period. just general police. Okay. I would have called for more cause if you know he's got a gun. Right. But here's another here's another aspect, too, that we forget. And again, this is how everyone plays into this problem. Mm-hmm. Corporations. Let's look at corporations and their role in this. One of the largest corporations for an electronic disturbance device or a taser is right. actually taser. They, all, they have three quarters of the contracts in America. What does but, that have to do with Louisiana? Well, I'll tell you what it has to do. It has to do with since they've gotten so popular and made so much money, they're turning out a crap product. Now, that day, pull the trigger, you hear it. Taser never worked. You hear it cracked twice. Never worked. Now, had they had a good quality product from a company that stood by what it was and wasn't just lining their pockets like it used to be when they didn't have those contracts, and that taser deployed, you know as well as mm -hmm. I do, 
would have been a totally different situation. But too much emphasis is being put on these tasers. And uh, if you research it, you'll see the, the rate at which they're failing the tasers. The high, fa is, high is failure rate. Okay, that's, a, that's something for a good right. story. But let, let me bring it back to police. This is from the New York Times. Of all the unarmed, unarmed people shot and killed by police in 2015, 40% were black men, even though black men are only 6% of the U.S. population. Right. People are angry about that. I'm sure, but we can look at other statistics if we're going to look at statistics. Um, this is uh, as of NYPD. This, so this is just New York. Crime ratings January 1st to December 31st, 2014. Non-whites commit 92% of all violent crimes in New York City. 92%. That's huge. Well, um, Corey, we what about that? Corey, what about that? Non-whites commit 94% of all murders, 91% of all rapes, 94% of all robberies, 91% of all felony assaults. And these are whose statistics? These are NYPD statistics. Yeah, well, we can also this, go to 2015. Well, yeah, but statistics are loaded. What, what about I, that, Corey? I was, I was well, a police commander, so statistics... Then you know about loading the, well, and the, the, numbers. The, the, the statistics are, uh, are loaded because, first of all, in black communities, the police hunt. In white communities, they protect and serve. I worked in the story. Me yes, and you, no, me no, and you I both. Know, I, know. I, locked, I locked up a bunch of white people in the story. I, okay. No, no, I know I, that. I don't. I don't doubt so, you. Exactly. I don't doubt no, you. we're talking about the system no, in no, general. So when they say the most violent crimes are in the black con community, I would say. Yeah, it, and it, you know we could talk about Brownsville, we, right. which I believe is the most violent place. But oh, when yeah. you look at it's Brownsville, sure. you look at the socioeconomic. It's so much loaded in yeah, there—the socioeconomic well, issues, the poor schooling, housing, generational. Okay, but, but let's keep it. Let's keep it hundred, guys. If. The, the and we're not indicting people that are living in high crime areas because there's many hardworking people there Never in the that. communities as we know. Exactly. But the fact of the matter is, the my question is, are police going to act a different way in a neighborhood where they know there's more crime, where they know there's more likely to be people carrying unlicensed? You yeah, know, they're going to be on a, a more handguns. heightened alert. But they still, it's the same basics. I believe me and Dave, uh, I think we agree on this. The same basics is you. Sh it should be every time you approach in a situation, it should the numbers should be one to five. You know, it's the same thing every single time. If it's a man with a gun or it's a cat in a tree, you should always have your body bladed. Of you course, should be in the interview. What does that mean, body bladed? Well, yeah, strong, strong side, side to the side rear. Your gun should be to the rear. Okay. Shouldn't be in the front for right. somebody to grab it. You should okay. be in the interview stance where nobody could touch you. You know, all of right. these basic of things we learn. Basic physical so, training. Right. So it, it should be no difference. And if it leads to a situation where it's going to be a violent encounter, it happens. You know, I write in my book, Once a Cop, where me and my partner was in a, on a domestic violence dispute in Astoria over, you know, the east side. And I got punched in my face. Mm -hmm. And we had a brawl for three minutes, me and my partner. But not at one time did we think to pull our gun out. Okay. But these cops today, everything is right to 100. They're going right from, you know, zero, you get cursed out. The job also creates that too. And and this is what I'm, this is what brings me back. And I think it's important, and you'll agree once And you've I been say punched it. in the face a few I've times. I've been punched in the face. I've been punched in the And you ribs. didn't pull your gun out. I never shot anybody. Exactly. But I have, well, that's not true. I've, I've been in a situation making an arrest, mm -hmm. a simple arrest of, of a disunk, disorderly drunk in, in the south side of the 9 precinct. I believe it was South 3rd or South 4th. Williamsburg. And William Williamsburg, back before Williamsburg, what it is now. It was trendy. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I remember taking somebody uh, on the day of the Puerto Rican Day Parade, taking someone into custody, drunk and disorderly, peeing in the middle of the intersection, and it goes from me and my partner taking this guy, no resisting from him, into right. custody, mm -hmm. to the entire block rising up and charging at us. Now, at that point, too, D 
did I draw my firearm, point it out to the crowd and tell everyone to back up as bottles were being thrown at us? Would yes. You? Did I have to fire a firearm? No. Did anyone get hurt? Other yeah, but than that's us. Un- that's a understandable. Few bottles, All right, we need to no, take got- a, it is what it is. We need to take a short break. Yes. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers. We're talking about the police community crisis. Is it as bad as it seems to be from the media? Is it or is it uh, worse or is it better? That's what we're talking about with our guests. And also remember next Saturday, the Push for Peace, Hot 97 Street Soldiers, our sixth annual Push for Peace live town hall event and community info fair is happening at Brooklyn Borough Hall. That's 209 Haraliman Street, right in downtown Brooklyn. Uh, thanks to Borough President Eric Adams, executive producer Tone Capone. If you want to get in on it, tone at lisaevers.com. We've got DJ Magic doing the music, all kinds of celebrities from NFL. NFL stars to reality TV stars to uh, entertainers. Some of your favorite artists are going to be there as well. And uh, just come on out. It's going to be awesome. 500 men making a difference, giving us the uh, tactical support. So uh, make sure you join us. We'll be right back. Hey, yo, this is Pat Post with Lisa Evers. Put your thinking caps on. Street soldiers. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Next Saturday, July 30th, 1 to 5 p.m., it's going down at Brooklyn Borough Hall, 209 Haraliman Street. That's right in downtown Brooklyn. You can't miss it. Our free, free, free Push for Peace town hall show and uh, info fair, community info fair, free refreshments, entertainment. we got hip-hop gamers going to be there with some live video games. All sorts of great things for you. Free prizes, free tickets to uh, special events also. And uh, make sure you come on down. Bring your nephew, niece, daughter, son, mentees, neighborhood kids, whatever. It's a very positive event. All kid-friendly music we play and uh, clean music. And it's going to be a great, great day. So make sure you come down. We're talking about the police community uh, crisis that's happening. What's really going on? Getting some different perspectives on this from our guest, Wayne Devinish, president and founder of 500 Men Making a Difference. Uh, David Kianese is a former NYPD detective and founder of LESMA. That's the Law Enforcement Supporters for Media Accountability. David is also the keynote speaker at the upcoming UN Peace Summit. Also joining us, Corey Pagase, former NYPD deputy inspector and author of the book, Once a Cop. Wayne, in terms of, in terms of the climate and in terms of the you know the young people in particular the young men what's the level of anger same as it is different what are you sensing oh it's through the roof and it's not just with the young people um it, it's with everyone you know guys 17 guys in their 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s grown you know, family men yeah 80 80 year old guys are, are very pissed and you know one of the main reasons is the lens um you know when you talk to a cop especially a white cop you know, they see something totally different. I mean, you know, David brought it out here and, you know, I'm shocked and amazed. You know, you see something on video and it's like, well, why the hell did they do that? Why wasn't there some sort of de-escalation? A guy ends up getting shot dead and it just looks crazy. But, you know, that blue and civilian is just totally different. I mean, my brother's a cop and I don't even talk to him about, you know, that sort of thing because his blue wall kind of outweighs you know everything that's the else color that matters yeah that's the color that matters and and it just it just infuriates civilians then especially black men like we're just like well what the hell David, David, what about this? And there's this, there's that. This is the issue that's come up in a lot of our broadcasts, previous shows that you guys have all been on. And this is this sense that there's a double standard of justice. For example, the Garner case. Right. Here you have the video. You see that you see the video. You see him being taken down. And then what's even you know horrifying as well is you just see 
people who are supposed to be first responders just kind of standing there like nobody trying to give this man well, aid in the last moments I'll, of his life. I'll comment. You know, we, we will. Let's comment and, and the on cop, that. And the quick. cop involved in that was never indicted. Which that's the grand jury, grand but jury he's him. he's still on modified duty collecting well, a paycheck. The job, the job. Just so that's you know, what people don't understand. The NYPD and part of the problem with the NYPD is is they will um, no matter what you do in, in a case like that, they will modify you and put you on salary and ruin your career forever. Rather than just get rid of the guy or put him back, get rid of him or put him back. It's, and why is that? We get we get told as reporters. I I get told as a reporter it's it's policy. Review, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a union. I mean, if you were in they, any other job and somebody died on your watch, you would be gone. It, period. It's, it's called appeasement. That's all it is. Community gets upset. The cop uh, under that. Listen. Simple facts, whether it's liked or not. Here's here's simple facts in that case. But it does that case bother? But let me ask you this: Does that case bother you? That they're doing it. Yes. It doesn't. It doesn't make both sides, and I'm, that's what I'm going to get to. The officer didn't use a chokehold. That was proven in court. The 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 individual. Hold the, on. What are no, you no, but no, on. wait. Bratton said he did. No, the ME said it was death by asphyxiation Actually, the, and compression on his chest. But that's what? not a chokehold. I'm not saying that. Just listen to what I'm saying. That You're, is we're a chokehold. No. no, see, that's the it narrative that, that I'm he, saying, Dave. We keep saying when we look at the video. All right, let him explain it, Corey, and then I want to hear you. They said there's no chokehold. They're doing physical on what a definition of a chokehold is. It sure looked like a chokehold to me. That does not mean there was no pressure on the throat. That does not mean it was yanked down. They're doing a textbook. That's what they do. It's called for them a cover their ass. The reality is... It's the same thing. And that's in the training manual? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm making I, a bad, I know, I'm making a bad joke. I know you are. I know I'm just saying, it's like you're the, right. It's not, but here's but, but it's training. like a cover. But here's, you put, look, you put the. I'm a martial artist. I'm a trained martial artist. You put your arm, your forearm, which is mostly bone. Even if you're right. even if you're fat, you have or heavy set or a big person with muscle, you still have that 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 of side of the bone is hard. Of course, you're putting that around somebody's throat. And they and, and and he says I can't breathe. What is that? Well, let's let's go here, and I'll go one further. You're Get saying a that's not a chokehold. If you can't say, if you can say I can't breathe, but aren't we splitting hairs? You aren't we splitting no, hairs here? Well, that's what I'm getting at. So let me get to that first. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. But first of all, the reality is, is if you can say the words I can't breathe medically, you can. It's physically impossible. See, this is okay, okay, I have been told to that. Okay. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting to it. I understand it is that. Med well, this is what I'm getting at. There are people out there, including the department that we both worked mm -hmm. for and media and politicians that are out there drumming anything up they can for their own benefit. Do you know who pays? His community, his community, my community, everyone's community pays. They don't pay. The Al Sharptons make the money, the politicians get the votes. Yeah, we but, all get but sucked Dave, into we can't, but see, dude, what, I'm, what, what, I'm, is. what my concern is clarifying what it is. We, you can't right. bamboozle America. When you look at the video, I'm not saying no, not you, not David, you, you, David, not you. you. When Pat Lynch gets on national television and try to say it's not a chokehold, it was a karate move, that inflames and God rest Officer Ramos and Lou. We had an unhinged person come up from Philly. Right, because of the Garner thing and murdered two of our cops, right? No, from Maryland. From Maryland, wherever he came from Maryland, and murdered two of our girlfriend. cops, right? right. And he, he blamed it on the Garner thing. Right. And here we go. We saw this movie two years ago. Here we now, we see in Dallas right. because of the video. Right. We saw what I'm saying on national media is an assassination of Sterling. We could, we could you know, agree or disagree. But the point That's is the fine. community right. suffer. Right. If, they, right. if the police well, that, are under attack... If the, police the, are getting... They, 
murdered. People, innocent people are going to suffer. Of course they when, are. When Do you, you know say, how many for the year? I know 71% of them was murdered by white males. Um, no, that would actually be wrong. 71% uh, of cops no, I think most of the police officers killed were murdered by white males. was murdered by white okay. males. I'm pretty sure just, that's just accurate. Alone, I'm, I'm let's look at, just look from July 1st when things started getting heating and we had Dallas in July. We had 32 cops shot, 11 cops killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine of the cops were white. One was Latino. One was black. Uh, we had two shooters, uh, four shooters. One was unknown. One was white. And two were black. Um, and and no, the majority of, of officers shot aren't um, shot by whites. Yes, that's that's my, they're shot by what that's would be easy. As All you got to do to is look at the, the FBI statistics. No, but the numbers uh, national. But, but David, I'm gonna, not, and yeah. I, I, I don't have the ability to check this to verify this right now. The, but I believe the, the, uh, the Bureau that's of Justice, def- the Department Bureau of Justice, Justice is always a year behind anyway. When they right, but, the, their, but it's a majority. But also statistically, of this year, blacks are twelve to thirteen percent of the American population. Well, you just gave us a snapshot of we're still in July. Blacks are twelve to thirteen percent. Well, we're talking about actually blacks are thirteen point two percent as of the twenty thirteen racial makeup of America. Based on statistics, right. whites are sixty-two point two, and that's why and those numbers are always going to be. They always going to be. However, when you that look one. at from Department of Justice, when you look at black and white crimes, eighty-four point nine percent involve a black perpetrator, and if you consider uh, popularity density in regards to that, Hispanic versus black crimes show eighty-two point five percent a black attacker. And yeah, but see again, you know, okay, see, but, but you have got to have an honest conversation yeah. about everything. Let's be honest with everything. What we need, and I've said it on your show before. We need people to sit down. By the way, not politicians. We right. need you and me to sit yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. We and need we'll, you and I to sit down. We need you to sit down. Right. We need real people that to sit down that do care. But again, those statistics... Well, that's what we're, that's what we're trying right. to do. I understand, and that's what we got to do. Honest yeah. talk. And we and need your to, feelings but, are going to get hurt. My feelings are going to get hurt. His no, my feelings don't never get so hurt. David, it's so just, David, it's are just you business. So David, no, it's just business. is horrible. No, what I'm saying is, but we can't we can't talk about statistics without saying now, we worked in diverse communities. I worked right. in the Spanish neighborhood. Right. Spanish people were the perpetrators. You work in black neighborhoods, black people are the perpetrators. You go exactly. to a white neighborhood, white people are you the perpetrators. The right. So if the crime is in the, most of the crime is in the black community, nationally, of course you're going to have more black people committing the crimes because that's the community where the crime is, where the cops are coming to hunt. Because the crime is higher, but there's a whole lot of variables that go into the crime. Okay, the, wire, that's the, Washington, happening. The, the Washington Post, and I don't want to get into the whole argument about statistics because I think that's just a whole show in and, in and of itself. Because the, the Washington Post did extensive uh, investigations on into this and started keeping their own numbers. I think I think David most most the biggest number of police shootings are done by whites and Latinos in the commissions of crimes. Then there's blacks. Then the but you can't you can't get away from the statistic of the from the New York Times where the number of black unarmed black men not involved in a crime is so Actually, disproportionately wasn't it, higher. Wasn't it blacks unarmed black shots it never said in a crime or not in a crime because in those numbers upon our review showed people that were shot by stray bullets in a shootout with cops that were mm-hmm. black that were counted in that figure were not an intended target and you have people but that were in there small. that were going for the cops gun or assaulting them with their own nightstick okay but maybe so the, you can break it down right even so we further. can argue for statistics a day, a day right. but let's talk about the person the perception that is the reality way definition sucks and that's people, cops that's cops and because, politicians because fall. i see as a media person i think there's a no, feeling that's not cops and politicians fall are you kidding me well you don't think cops are overreacting on things and the, the media perception is is obviously no, I'm out thinking there doing it that black people are getting shot 
And you're like, what the hell happened? And cops are looking right. at it like, oh, no, no, oh, no. I, you're, the, you're absolutely right. They were resisting. Right. That's, but, uh, that I, and I'm that not, ain't no listen, politician. I'm That's not saying that shooting, stuff with their I'm eyes. not saying b- bad shootings don't happen. What I'm saying is when incidents happen, there are people out there that are taking the, the lead and making matters worse. For example, people jumping out when you had... Uh, you know, uh, the, the Gardner incident and, and being in, in uh, Baltimore, Maryland and coming to New York and saying, I'm going to be the one to start making a revolution. I'm going to do the thing. You get two cops killed. There were other people that responded to that, celebrating it, enjoying it. The assaults against cops went up at the same time, too. I understand the anger. I'm saying everybody has a role in it. And our department, the NYPD and other big departments, don't help. They're not doing the right steps. You said yourself, things are better now than they were only a few years ago, maybe even last year. But there's year. still but a lot why? of anger. But wait, no, wait, wait, but the anger is the perception that the cops say when they see something right. and, and what people are seeing. And the bottom line, the is bottom line is, Lisa, you can't, we, Dave, we can't hide bodies. Like, we can hide a lot of Listen, stuff, I, I but you can't, you can't hide unarmed black men being murdered. Like, we can't hide that. Because then when, well, we, I, when you put it up to, like, she ran those statistics of, we, all you got to do is go into Google search and say unarmed white men murdered by police, unarmed black men murdered by police. We see the videos. You see I, guys with eight white guys with AK forty sevens, and the Take cops are walking up to him saying, like, "Could you please put the weapon down?" Are you kidding me? You, I walk these streets with an AK forty seven, and you know it's another thing. Streets, Even nobody like, on these streets right. would walk with an AK forty seven. No, but that happens. But that happens. I'm talking about in an open carry state. open. Okay, I got the open. You know, Dave, I'm talking about an open carry stick. Open open carry doesn't. We're not talking about about beer or liquor. We're talking about a gun. Open carry for a gun. But you know the sad thing, Dave, is this. A black man with an illegal firearm, an open carry permit, or a concealed permit, he's still a black man. We saw that with Castillo. I gotta open. It's his word. It's her it's, word. It's her word. So we well, let's just give the benefit of the doubt because he had a legal permit. What's the well, probability? No, 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 no criminals. Dave, no criminal record. Hold on. He ha- it's confirmed. He got a legal permit. From it's who? confirmed. Who's it confirmed from? It's confirmed from. Who's it confirmed from? from, the, confirmed from? Who's I, it confirmed from? The police the department. Sheriff, no, it's not. The police department did not confirm it. You said the they sheriff came out and said no. And let me ask you a question. We've been in law enforcement a long time. We've been in law enforcement a long time. If that black man didn't have a legal permit, what do you think would have been the first thing in the press conference they spoke about? Well, they stayed. No, Dave. I'm going to answer that as a reporter because we have to take a break. The first thing they would have said at the police, uh, at the press conference is he was carrying an illegal gun. That's and they it, would have Dave. Pic- <laughs> and they would have put pictures out yes. of the gun. All right, we got to take a short break. There's a hot 97's, hot, hot, hot 97 street soldiers. <laughs> no, this is great. This is a discussion it's we need good. to have. Uh, push for Peace next Saturday, July 30th from 1 to 5. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the police community crisis and what can be done with it, about it, and uh, just how bad it is. Also want to remind you, push for peace. You want to get involved, hit up executive producer Tone Capone, tone at lisaevers.com, and go on my Twitter, at Lisa Evers, and you'll see information um, that, that's right there. Wayne Devinish, uh, president founder of 500 Black Men Making a Difference. How do you explain the anxiety, the daily anxiety that a lot of black men feel. 
towards police? Well, I mean, it's just uh, a fear. I mean, we're personally scared. Our our families are personally scared for us. My my poor mother, she's scared for me as a black man. She's scared for my brother as a black man because you know folks are out to get cops. Folks, the police seem to be out to get black men. Is 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 people's perception and and you know there's just a lot of anger and you know the videos is really what's kind of escalating the thing because mm-hmm. when I first heard that the brother had gotten shot. Um, in when Louisiana? You, in Louisiana. You know, I was like, oh, man, not again. Like, damn. But when I saw that video, I went from zero to 100. I was on fire. I'm calling people. Other people are calling me. You know, the the, the videos are really bringing Incendiary. it home. Incendiary. And it's, and it's really infuriating a lot of people. And, you know, somehow this powder cake has to be kind of dampened mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people that are... That, you know, more people might become unhinged, and mm-hmm. and somehow we gotta. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, yeah. the vast majority of people are not gonna do anything negative about it, except right. internalize it and cause personal mm-hmm. stress and, and up to their emotional and physical health, <laughs> yeah. like that. But Wayne, in terms of in terms of solutions, let's focus on moving forward here. Mm-hmm. In terms of solutions, you talked about your first your experience as a community leader the benefits and how it's improved in terms of communication with the local precinct. So you have somebody to call, you know who they are, they know who you are. Are they doing enough with that? Is there something else that you think police could do to ratchet everything down, ratchet the tensions down? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, one of the best things that they can do, which which they're, which they're inching forward to, is having folks know the the cops in the precinct like so in my precinct there's like about 350 cops so may not be able to know all of them but if you get through about half of them you know that that's a start because it's hard to you know with all the different shifts and yeah everything. yeah it's it's hard if you know john and john knows you if there's a problem you know it's not going to go from zero to 100 that quickly because they know you they know you work here they you know i know them oh he you know he lives in queens and you know if there's a relationship the escalation doesn't happen that quickly. But, you know, as a black man, you know, I'm still scared, you know, when I'm driving and there's there's cops behind me and I've done nothing, but I'm just still like, oh boy, let something happen. But if we're talking with each other, if we know each other, and I was like, oh, that's, that's Officer John behind me. Hey, how you doing? Or you, or you see them on the street or whatever. Yeah, you see them on the street. And and if the, if more of that happens, because right now it's it's still pretty much at a top level. So you're knowing the commanding officer. You'll know a few guys below that. But it has to. we have to reach the on-the-beat cop. And more of that, I think, is definitely going to be helpful. Probably be better for the police, too. It'll probably make their job yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot it's, more it's pleasant. It's good for everybody. It's good I've, for I've everybody. I've mentioned that to you on other shows. That is important. You I, know one I, of the things I used to do when I was commander of the 6th seven precinct? Everybody thought I was a nut. You know what I used to do? We get new cops. They always bring the local pastor, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, clergy. Yeah. They bring the store owners. Community leaders. Community like leaders. You know what I used to bring in? And it, it, this is very You can find this out. It's just in my book, too. I used to bring in, like, people that were reformed. Like, you did 10 years in prison when you was 20 years old. Right. Now he's 50 years old. Obviously, I have my community right. affairs. Vet them out. Vet them. Make sure it's nothing going on in the last 20 years with the guy. And I would bring him to talk. Because that's the person at 2 in the morning. They're not going to see David. They're not going to see Wayne in the corner. And I would bring him to roll call and say, listen, this is my guy, Bob. He lives in the community. He lives in the projects over here. You know, he works for UPS. Make $100,000. But he did 10 years in prison. And he hangs out all day. 
That's what, you're going to see him two o'clock in the morning. But he's a friend. This is one of our friends, and they need right. to get back. Well, you know, the to police are like, I'm who? not going to bring. No, we're not bringing no convicted okay, so, felons. Okay, so, so, so knowing, the knowing who it is, and also the NYPD, they have changed. This is also in the aftermath of the last two years of the Garner of the Garner death. They've also done away with and and no after the uh, Akai Gurley case they they change it those high impact teams they used to bring the rookie the cops in into yeah. into high crime the, areas that was part of the failure too I, I've said it before. Right. Right. But, but they changed it but but they changed it so okay so so we have in terms of solutions the the commu- the communication getting it's to know key. the police identifying partners in the community that you can use that police can use as a resource but the biggest too. thing is disciplining these rogue officers. David, we was cops. When the first day you walk in the precinct, you know who the hothead is. Of course. It's no secret. David, 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 what about that? David, what about that? Because what about that? Because a lot of these officers that do end up being I'm talking nationally, do end up being involved in these incidents. You look they have a sheet. They have a folder that's got a whole bunch of previous incidents. I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. And it does have to be looked at. And people get upset about that. And I'm not I'm not you know as well as I do, especially in, in certain places like the NYPD they, mm-hmm. they'll launch investigations over a ham sandwich I right. mean right. I've uh-huh. literally yeah. I've, I've literally had a complaint made for allegedly stealing someone's right. soul mm-hmm. and got investigated okay but like, where really, somebody's physically no, injured no, there's I, no I know crime what you're saying, but yeah. people just make the complaint so they, they do have to, and they can the get problem. paid they it's like a lawsuit thing they don't investigate anything right. they need they to investigate everything and then when people are making the BS complaints they need to clear the officer, and when the people aren't or can't be substantiated, that officer needs does need to be held accountable, of course. And I do think we have to do that. But accountability to to the community too, and this is every community. You got to tell people too. Listen, you got to work with them. They're not all bad, mm-hmm. and that's what I want to get out. We're I, not. It, right. Listen, I'm hugging him. We're not. I can't. All I can't bad. believe We're that. We're <laughs> I, I can't believe that. Let's take a picture. That's like this is history listen, right here. And he's he's writing his book. He's talking his life. He came from a hard spot. I understand right. that. It's in his book. Listen, we've all. But you're come here. Because because Somewhere. you're and you're and you, but you came I, on I, I, because I, you guys I, came after me on Facebook and are like, Lisa, what's up? Oh, Why I'm, you I'm a- very, I'm very. Listen, I'm very mad about about certain things. If if true, and we're not, I'm not saying right, he's right, lying right. in his book. It's he's okay. writing a book and it's a business. He's he's still no matter what, he's he's a human. <laughs> I, I and I was pissed at him, but he's a human. We have mutual friends. Okay. Okay. I know people that hold him in regard that I know I would take a bullet for in a heartbeat. That right there is telling me, hands down, it, he's not a bad guy. It, whatever it may be. No, I'm it a is great what guy. Guy. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, you know, it is what it is. And we but can, we and we can disagree. And even if I wasn't right, no, we can. But the, and even if the I common goal, the common as long the as we have the common goal, to make the city safe, to make the community the safe, safe, let everybody live That's free, it. Right. live free, people, and nobody die. I don't want to see any more cops die. I don't want to see any more innocent people die. Right. And I don't want to see any more turmoil. Because like because like Eric Garner, Eric Garner's right. mother, Gwen Carr, said it. She goes, "We need police." We yes. want police. I know they have police in their family too. Fifty thousand members from coast to coast. We want good police. I've lost two in the last week. I don't want to oh lose. Oh my god, anymore. David, that's horrible. I don't. I lost I'm so one sorry. in Dallas, and then I lost another one in, in Bellevue, Texas, chasing right. someone for friggin' shoplifting, and he wiped out on his motorcycle for shoplifting. Are you kidding right. me? Let's stop. Stop well, we resisting. Stop. We know that cops. police stop work. Jumping. But You're listen, David, right. know police the work. You work in it's your job. It is your know job. It is, it is your job. job. But the neighborhood has a responsibility to come out and know their cops. Yeah, and but see, and, and does a police department, which was a suggestion police that came out of our one uh, one voice that. Uh-huh. one voice bro- uh, broadcast, 
Uh, Darren Porcher, uh, former NYPD lieutenant, who you guys right. know, mm-hmm. who's been on the show many times, he said the department needs to prioritize these community yes. re- positive community relations right. and keep track so cops can get commended and and say that I had a positive community contact. Right. This is what happened. Of course, uh, you know, so that there's not just this. You know, your, but your they don't pr- rate productivity that. is you know not what? just measured by arrest. They, they, they don't measure that. It's not rated. Right. My wife's they, don't, a they don't rate, they rate that. that in the hospital. If you go into the and hospital, I, I don't have a problem. Right, she's penal. Right. I don't even have a problem with them right rating, a rating, right. rating arrests. Like, like a Yelp rating I don't for care for if they rate arrests. That's right. not a big deal with them rating arrests and all that. But like you said, let's tip the balance. I walked two old ladies across the street today that almost got hit by a car. What is right. that worth? You know, like well, you got to bring all forbid, of this stuff in. you a few summonses. Right, you'll be at well, the bottom and of the we talked and about like that. Of course. Well, you okay, know, so for 25 okay, years. Okay, so prioritize. No, I want to go through because yeah. we're we're really getting somewhere here. So, so Dwayne started out with the communication and knowing the precinct, which you guys built on, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. And police knowing the community, community knowing the police. Right. The also, David, you you brought up earlier tra- uh, training in terms of the actual physical training and the equipment that needs to be upgraded, Absolutely. updated. People got to look into that. They it, they're using subpar stuff. Even the NYPD, everything agree. they sell from patches to whatever. You don't agree on the. I don't agree on the training because when every time somebody's killed, listen to me, somebody, unarmed black man is killed, they say we need more training. So are we quantifying that the training that they're getting already, you putting them out on the street is inadequate? Yes. We're just giving them an excuse. And my saying estimation. They're, add, they're, they're no, building no, right. on it. Training and we could use, no, but we could use the Louisiana case. Like I brought it up. There's no training that says you got a man with a gun, you run and jump on him and tackle him and do but all that. But that's this. the point well, of training. But what I, would you I, say and say, what, what's training. your solution, Corey? What's your solution? My solution is hope. And I'm, I'm going to die with this, holding these cops accountable, because I know the overwhelming majority of police officers out there just doing their job. You got the small percentage that's making everybody look bad. And if we get rid of that small percentage, I right. guarantee you You're, you'll things will be... Accountability so changes attitudes. So basically, when Bratton, if you came, come in Lisa, when Bratton came into NYPD in 1993, we both was cops, and he walked those 30 cops out of the 30-30 and threw those shields and said, corruption won't be tolerated, that reverberated through the police department like, wow, People went like, this oh, guy snap. not playing. Now, I don't agree with him today, but I got to give him his credit back in 93. People said, this guy's not playing. He's not playing, and that right. changed and attitudes. Right. Listen, accountability. Sets the tone. The person at the top. Yes. The person you know, at the top. Is top down. You mentioned it before or two about your brother um you know blue wall blue line whatever you want to call it we're brothers uh, you know and this is just to the cops we're brothers you and i are brothers we're yeah brothers but i don't believe in that street. blue oh, wall no, no, no hold on you're gonna like what i have to say <laughs> we are bro- you gotta give me a second we are brothers and we have to stand up for each other but at the same time when someone's bad you gotta stand up and throw out the trash exactly. because when that sh- when that shield is tarnished you're tarnishing my shield. You're tarnishing my dead uncle's shield. You're tarnishing my brother's shield. Yep. You're tarnishing his shield. Okay, That's amen. It. On that note, I think we're all going to agree on that note. I, I think I see Wayne nodding his head on that one too. Yeah, but, I, but also, I want to thank our guests. Oh. Wayne, I'm sorry, we're out of time. No, no problem. But um, I want to thank our guests for being with us. Wayne Devinish, president and founder of 500 Men Making a Difference. He's going to be with us. Uh, his organization sponsoring, playing a big role in our sixth annual Push for Peace at uh, Brooklyn Borough Hall next Saturday, one to five p.m. Also with us, uh, David Kianese. He's a former NYPD detective. 
executive founder of Lesma, law enforcement supporters for media accountability. And David, I want to thank you for joining, you know, for agreeing to be on the panel and coming here speaking to our Hot 97 audience and now being as a, one of our regular uh, commentators here. We appreciate it. Also with us, Corey Pagase, former NYPD deputy inspector, author of Once a Cop. And Corey, thank you as always for bringing your perspective from the streets and uh, keeping it real 100%. We really appreciate keeping it. it right. I want to thank my whole <laughs> I want to thank my whole crew here at Hot 97, executive producer Tone Capone, associate producer Rose Daniels, assistant producer Melissa Quinones, Mia Bell, TJ, everybody, Mike Medium right here. And uh, remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Be there next Saturday, 1 to 5, Brooklyn Borough Hall, as we all push for peace.